Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. Mackey and Judd. <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah. They're both verbs. Awesome. On 1500 ESPN. <laughs> Here's a drive to left center. And Dozier puts a ringer on the ball that bets hit. Each leadoff man has power, and each leadoff man has shown it here this afternoon. Strike the Bogarts. And great catch at third by Sano. A liner headed to left field, but it never got there. Showing some quick action down at third base is uh, Sano on that one. That ball looked like it was ticket at the left field, but watch the right here, the crossover step, the dive, and the nice play by Sano. All right, gentlemen, are you guys fired up here? Baseball season starts this week, officially. Twins and Orioles on Thursday, and then the home opener will be the week after that, uh, the following Thursday. They build in a Friday off day at Target Field, too, just because of weather and things like that, but... Uh, we uh, every once in a while we dust off some home run predictions for write that down, and we do it in a separate segment. It's like it's it's it needs its own space to breathe. So this segment mm-hmm. is devoted solely to write that down predictions that would that would classify as write this down home runs by the panel. And so I think we have to kind of judge each other. If you throw something out that's not necessarily home run worthy in our slugging percentage battle, then we have to police each other on this. All right. There's been some where, like, we've had Matthew Collar in here, and he projected that Delvin Cook is going to win Rookie of the Year. It's like, nah, that's he's that's not a home run prediction. But Delvin Cook's going to like lead the NFL in yards from scrimmage or something. That would have been that's a big home time. run prediction. That's Correct. Big time. Then. Yep. So, uh, so it, it can't be Miguel Sano is going to lead the majors in homers while well, he's got power. So with sixty two. Okay, no, that now, would be. Now am I talking? No, that would be That's a home good. run I prediction. Like Seventy three. I like that a lot. Yes, you want to go? You want to go uh, <laughs> seventy plus? Then it's a home run. Ninety seven bombs. So, Judd, why don't you start us off here? All right, with a home run. Write that down. Prediction. Twins related. Write right. this down. Swinging for the fences. You can write this down. Byron Buxton will be MVP of the ALCS. Ugh. Byron Buxton will be the so most you've got devout. Him already, you've got him already be, as, as MVP be, of the World I Series. I believe I have a write that down on the Friday record from two weeks ago, if I am correct on this, saying that the Twins would get to the American League Championship Series. Well, I'm going to pay it off right now with Byron Buxton being the MVP of the ALCS. Uh, I've, you have, we did in our previous home run, it was like two times ago when we did these. This is probably late 2017. 
you predicted Byron Buxton will be the World Series MVP God, in good. 2020. Oh, my. Well, this year he's so going to. So you're saying 2018. This year he's going to give you a little taste of his postseason um, um, success with a MVP of the ALCS. All right. I think that's a home good. run. Write that down. Uh-huh. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Set a tone. That it's down. kind of a parlay, too, because obviously, like, the Twins have to get to the playoffs and then l- likely get to the World Series for him to be the MVP of the championship series, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so so that's kind of a, a, a three-item parlay wrapped into one there. All right, Dave, you got you got one for us, or should I go first? I, I do, and the, the problem with this segment is Judd has to go first. And while I'm, yours? I mean, I'm trying to hit home runs here, but you know, I'm kind of a slap hitter. Maybe I'll Uh-oh. pop one like 340 Uh-oh. down the line. It'll just sneak around the pole. It'll be great. I'm hearing excuses. And Judd swings for these 500 foot moonshots that happen to be about Byron Buxton, which is exactly what my first <laughs> subject is. So I feel bad about throwing this one out there. I've got a Buxton one too. So all three of us have a Byron. I'm Buxton the Jim Tomey. Write that down, boys. Is it considered? Is it considered a home run? And like I said, this 340, you know, just down the line, just wrapped it around the pesky pole in Boston to say Byron Buxton will start the All-Star game in center field. Well, considering Mike Trout is still a center fielder in the American League. Yeah, um, you tucked it in. That's a home run. Yeah, yeah. it curved around I mean, the pesky pole. Like Judd said, Judd is Jim Tomey hitting a ball off the top of a light pole yeah. in right field. Yes, he just shut up Hawk Harrelson for a good 60 seconds. Yeah, I'm well, shutting around the bases right now. You had just wind blowing out second. and a weak pitcher on the mound. Boston. And you hit a pop-up over the, yeah, over the monster. Or down the yeah pesky yeah, pesky pole, pole. curved right. it around. Maybe like Bucks and I just rang one through the gap, and the outfielder stumbled, and I just circled the bases. It's still a home run. So your official predictions: Byron Buxton will start the American League All Star Game in, in center, center field. field. Correct. Right. Fair enough. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Byron Buxton theme continued. Byron Buxton three item parlay will steal at least forty bases. Will win another Gold Glove in center field. And will win the American League MVP award in 2018. See, bombs, bombs, bombs. That's why you got that look when when I said MVP at first. I thought you were stealing my thunder. Regular season MVP. Oh, yeah. 40 plus steals and another goal. There's a tone set on this side of the glass that I think you need to follow. Yeah, I feel really bad about this. Let's think about this. So, here's the thing if Byron Buxton were to do in the second half of last year, from July 1st on forward, if he were to do that for six months, he would hands down be the American League MVP, even above Mike Trout. His numbers from July 1st to the end of the year, we're talking 300 batting average, gold glove defense, obviously. We're talking 40 steals, 30 home runs, and over 100 runs scored and driven in. Yeah. And that was a three-month chunk of time. If he were to replicate that over six months, he would be the best player in the American League. And he's already shown you... Little uh, little glimpses. That of was this. the appetizer, baby. Mine might not even be a home run, quite frankly. It might be more of a double or a triple by the time. Write this down. It's all said and done. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, back to Judd. The only problem at Target Field in 2018 is going to be finding a place for all the hardware that's going to be coming in, because Jose Barrios will become the Twins' first 20-game winner since Johan in 2004, when he went 20 and six, and he will win the Cy Young Award. Wow. Well, that, Cy Young that Award winner, Jose Barrios, will become the first 20-game winner for your Minnesota Twins since Johan did it 
in 2004. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. Wow. That ball is still sailing right Dave, towards the scoreboard. Dave's looking for a little bunt that gets like thrown down the line by the third baseman here <laughs> that he can circle the bases. Any any little league home run I can get is just fine for me. <laughs> Jose Barrios is probably going to get a lot of those wins against a couple members of the American League Central who are lo- uh, looking to be rather rotten this year. That would be specifically the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals, who the Twins will have a greater than 750 winning percentage against both of those teams combined. Hmm. So they play third. Let's say they play 40 games again. So they'd have to. They would go. They'll have to at, least at least 30, 30. 30 and 10 against those teams. Correct. So they'd have to go like 15 and five against those teams. What do you think, Judd? Dave's definitely not swinging as hard as we are in this segment. I I can give it to him. Okay. It, it's still yes. it's it's, Pesky pole it's, again. it's fantastic success, despite the fact it's two really bad teams. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's a Metrodome baggy. Just cleared it. Counts right into the vampire Counts. seats. Just made See, it over. We almost need incentive for if we were to hit on ours. There, there, ne- there almost needs to be another element here. We're juicing like here. grand slams or something. Hey, you guys are well, out of done. That's fine. Take mm. giant hacks and end up striking out. I'm juicing. My picks are juicing. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. 50 home runs. I have no business, but I'm, I'm just an old school. I'm still squashing the bug. Hey, home runs are a happy mistake. Squash the, squash the bug, chopping wood. Yeah. Just trying I'm to swing down. Little line drives. Uh, all right, write this one. This one's going to pay off actually in like 72 hours or like 80 hours. Write this down. Brian Dozier will lead off the twin season with a home run to left field. Well, a home run. I'm, I'm, it, oh, come, come on. on. Come you on. said it. It's yeah, you and said it. And it's going to be the left field. Like he's going to go to right. And it's, exactly. He did once last year, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, it's going to be the left. So I don't want to pull a Judd here and say, like, oh, Derek Rose is going to get hurt in five minutes and then put an arbitrary <laughs> date on it that he, he gets hurt that's, like a day later. I still would have liked to see All right, screw it. Brian Dozier leads off the game with a home run to left field. All right. Thursday afternoon. Well, to the pull side. To pull side. I want well, left well, center. I want left center. Fine. Give me left That's center. That's fine. Give fine. me the bullpen. Fine. There's a jet stream there in Baltimore. Left field. You get it. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. <laughs> so the Twins are, or sh- should be in contention throughout the course of the summer, and they're going to get to July 31st. The trade deadline is going to be approaching, and the Twins are going to say, how can we improve this club? And then they're going to make a trade that's going to send shockwaves, shockwaves through this town. Miguel Sano and Nick Gordon will headline the package that goes wow. to the Rays for Chris Archer at the deadline. Wow. So I'm calling it. It's a deadline trade, and Sano might be playing well. In fact, he probably will be. And so people are going to be like, what the hell is this? So by July 31st. So, so at the deadline, yep, by, by uh, what, 3 o'clock, I believe, yeah. July 31st, Miguel Sano and Nick Gordon will be members of the Tampa Bay Rays, and Chris Archer will be headed to Minnesota. Whoo. It's it's a lot easier to wrap your head around an off-season Miguel Sano trade because he wouldn't have built up like 25 home runs by that point. Right now, I'm pointing towards my shot. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Call your shot. I'm gonna shoot my arrow right now with my hat just slightly. I don't know if I like that. I'm not comfortable with all that. By the way, did you see him yesterday? Just getting (laughs) shelled. Someone. Was it Ben Intendi who hit a bomb off uh, Fernando Rodney yeah. yesterday that just, hasn't landed yet? He's just working on things. Oh my he's God. just working on things. He'll be fine. So bad. In fact, he'll be so fine. The American League only had one relief pitcher uh, record over 40 saves last year. I don't know how many they'll have this year, but Fernando Rodney will be one of them. All oh, right. yes. Okay. 40-plus saves 
for the old man Fernando. Shooting arrows into the night Such towards Minnie that and stuff Paul. Too. Such loves that. Sideways hat. Before thing. I so click. Reavers. Oh, but- <laughs> was on my team i tell him to straighten <laughs> it out or go home has he has that been a take delivered by reavers on the air uh, very similar yeah <laughs> why do people care like who cares Cause that's not how you're yeah. supposed to wear your hat that's when you not, play the game it's not a good teammate right throw 97 and get an out you can play for the twins but you ain't playing for the lakers judd how does it make you feel that so uh, as far as home run predictions, yeah, Fernando Rodney twice in the last six seasons has tallied 48 saves, mm. also tallied 39 saves last year with Arizona. I almost feel like that one's a double or triple tops. I agree. You I gotta, feel like you it needs go to be thrown back. Here. I feel like it needs to be thrown back. And the Twins are going to be a good team, so they're going to give— It's not a home run. I agree. It's not a I home love run. Dave, no, you just said it needs to be, to be thrown back, which means it cleared the fence, my man. Well, I'm throwing it back. Well, I don't care. It I'm means it cleared it the fence. It's got, you I brought a ball from throw home, and I'm throwing it back and keeping the original home run ball. I, I So I feel like you have to add something in a parlay to make that a home run. Oh, He'll man. do it with a straight hat. Well, <laughs> They'll force him to, you have to turn your hat from. <laughs> All right, give me a minute to think. Phil, go ahead. All right, so write this down. Final uh, home run, write that down prediction. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, then. Fernando Romero, the Twins' number one or number two pitching prospect, who looked amazing in spring training, will strike out George Springer in a playoff game this year for the Twins. Fernando Romero, okay. who will start at double A or maybe triple A, yeah, he's not here. Okay. will strike out George Springer in a playoff game. So parlay, right. Twins will get to the playoffs. Okay. Twins will play Astros in playoffs. Fernando Romero will be in big leagues and pitching in a game There's against a lot the that Astros. Has to there. And I, George I Springer will All strike right. out against Fernando Romero. All right. Clear home run. All right, Dave. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. <sighs> parlay off Fernando Rodney. At some point during this season, probably the early part of the season, I would imagine. Jason Stark, who will be joining us weekly again as a Talking Twins guest, will come up with a wonderful Jason Stark trivia question involving Fernando Rodney. You two will be put to the test, and you two will get it wrong. <laughs> that's the easiest part of it. Okay. All right, that's fair enough. I, I think I think you can manipulate the. All right, you can manipulate that I've, aspect because you produce the guest appearance. I've got a bonus yeah, one. I can. I've I've got a bonus one. Let's do it when we come back. Oh, All right. All right. My. I got Mackie bonus. Yep. Mackie and Judd are back. Audio levels full volume. It's go time. On fifteen hundred ESPN. Here's a drive to left center, and Dozier puts a ringer on the ball that bets hit. Each leadoff man has power, and each leadoff man has shown it here this afternoon. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that down. Write that down. All right. I have a fourth Home one. Home run predictions continue yes. here. I have a fourth one that actually involves the Twins, but it's off the field and involves the broadcast team and my partner here. Okay, let, let's go through the other nine real quick mm-hmm. just to catch people up who might be tuning in for the first time here. So write that down, usually 10 o'clock on Fridays, and we keep track of our batting averages on our predictions. Listeners are involved as well. Uh, we keep track of our slugging percentages. So this is these are home run predictions that we are doling out here, Twins-related. Uh, Judd has predicted so far... Byron Buxton will be MVP of the ALCS later this year. Correct. 
Also that Jose Barrios will win at least 20 games and will win the AL Cy Young Award. That ball's still traveling. And that Miguel Sano and Nick Gordon will be the centerpieces or will at least be included in a Chris Archer trade by July 31st. Huge headline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've predicted Brian Dozier will lead off the season on Thursday with a home run to left field. Byron Buxton will win the American League MVP, the Gold Glove Award, and will steal at least 40 bases. And that Fernando Romero will strike out George Springer in a playoff game later this year. Those those are still traveling, too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Dave predicted that Byron Buxton will start in center field in the All-Star game. That one got to the second row. Yep. Joe Maurer, 2009, left field home run there. Counts. Uh, that the Twins will win more than at least 75% of their games against the Royals and Tigers. Off Conseco's head. Yeah. And that Fernando Rodney will save at least 40 games. And that Mackie and Judd will whiff on a Jason Stark, Fernando Rodney-related trivia question sometime this year. A patented Harrigan softball yeah. home run hitting yeah. contest blast. Yep. Wind blowing out at Wrigley Field. All right, so you have a and you want to add a bonus one. I want to add a bonus one. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Uh, Twins TV voice Dick Bramer blocked you last July. Was it June, July, August, late? No, it was in September. Okay. Well, stretch run. Well, there was two weeks left in the season. They were at Yankee Stadium trying to you know size up the Yankees. It was a sparring match. The Twins' primary television booth will be two for two at some point this season because either Burt Blylevin or or as likely the person (laughs) that runs the Blylevin account will block Mackey as well. (laughs) Mackey's going to tweet something about Burt Blylevin. You're going to yeah, but you're going to tweet something about all the statistics. You know, thirteen and three last year in Double A with a four point five. You're going to tweet something, and Bramer's going to (laughs) tell Burt just. Block him. Not to mention, he's only doing 80 games this yeah. year, so it's less of a chance. Sure, but you're going to be blocked. So the Twins' primary TV booth will both block you by some point this year. But it's only counting Burt, right? Like if Latroy Hawkins blocks nope, me? just Burt. Okay. Just Burt. Yeah. So because Dick's going to convince Burt that, that you're just a bad guy, and so we're going <laughs> to be two. So, so we're going to be two for two. I see. I see right through. You're going to mess with this one. You're in that uh, that press box all the time, glad hatting. Hey, you're never going to get what my guy Phil said no. about you, Bert. Bert and I don't even talk. Actually, oh. Judd's in it's the press box, mostly avoiding I'm eye contact to avoid and human conversation. I talk to Gladdy, Gladdy, and Provis. And you get and nervous when you see Jack Morris's stuff lying around. I have to move it over sometimes. <laughs> that was uh-huh. a terrible yeah. experience. Excuse me, uh, Mr. Morris. Uh, I just moved it. Can I? Uh, move I thought your, I might get in trouble for move that. Move your bag, please. But no, no, no. Bert and I don't really talk, so this will not be influenced at all. I just think by some point in the summer, Phil will be blocked by both of them. I don't think I've ever tweeted anything critical of Bert Blyle. Yeah, that's my in point. My life. I think you're going to. Does it? Does it annoy me that he picks up the media guide sometimes and reads batting averages and? Like when a reliever comes in, I don't need to know that the reliever has a two and one record in August. The issue is you know? is but that, that but I don't tweet about it. Is that yet. is that Morneau or Latroy or Tory are, are going to be really good, and you're going to tweet something about why can't we get this more often? And oh, so and the, like Bert, the passive and the okay. Bly Levin and the Bly Levin yeah, account is going to block you. I'm not even sure it's Bert, but the account is going to block you. Are you saying someone like Bert has a handler who tweets for him? Do we? It could be a. I thought, it could be a. Third party, who knows? Hmm. I have no idea. So third party is going to get offended on Bert's behalf. <laughs> on Bert, on Bert's behalf. Well, That's I outstanding. Think, <laughs> That's a good prediction. That or that That's a or prediction. that or Dick is going to tell Bert, and then Bert's going to tell third party. But Dick can't see my tweets because yeah. he blocked me. 
nobody's going to, but there's something that he's going to see that you tweeted about Bert. It's going to annoy Dick. And then Dick's <laughs> going to go to Bert and say, block this doofus. And then the third party person will come in and say, bang, and hit the block. Is Bert thin-skinned? I feel like he can, he, he loves to dish it. I feel like he can take it too, right? I just, I have a feeling about this. I think once, I think once one blocks you, both will. All right. I have not been blocked by the uh, wild folks, by the way. I've been defollowed by both of them, but I've not been blocked by Unfollowed? them. Unfollowed? Yeah. Defollowed, Defollowed by, yeah. by LaPanta and Greener. They unfollowed me quite a while ago, yeah. but I've not been blocked yet. Yeah. Uh, I little, checked on that today. Little Birdie told me, so Justin Morneau is going to be doing some games in the Fox Sports North booth this season. I don't know how many, like a handful, just to get a sampling. A Little Birdie, because I asked someone, how interested is he in doing media? Because he's never been, he's been accommodating, but never been Mr. Like Dynamic Media Guy, right? He's He'll always, throughout his career, he was always there to answer questions, and he was super nice and never had blow-ups or anything, and he... He was accommodating, but not like the most gregarious guy, sure. right? And someone told me he really has an interest in doing potentially like color commentary for a living at some point. Really? That and if you would have told me, all right, let's let's rank the guys who are now former Twins players working for the Twins in some capacity. Uh, who's most likely to be the most interested in in doing the TV thing on a regular basis? Uh, Justin Morneau, I've been told, is very interested. Okay. So it'll be fun to kind of to see him test the waters and get a gauge on his, you know, just what what he sounds like in the booth. Because Bert's been at eighty games for two consecutive years now, right? I, yeah, I yeah, think this is year two of yep. him going down to that. So I w- I wonder if the plan is to keep this up and have a, a rotating cast, or if they're trying to find a permanent replacement. I eventually. think they'd like a permanent replacement, but okay. obviously there's so many. Well, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of guys that are. That they have, like, LaTroy Hawkins, I think, would do it. And LaTroy Hawkins has a radio show. He's been doing tune-in radio for a long time. I like LaTroy. Does podcasts. So, But Morno is a little surprising because he's never been Mr. Media. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, Tori Hunter would be, Tori Hunter would be so much fun. though, right? Full-time. You got you got kids playing yeah. football and stuff. And That's he's a lot got of time away. Of, not to mention, of all those guys, if Tori Hunter wanted to do regular media stuff, Fox or ESPN... Yeah. Would pick him Make up so fast, and they put him. Yeah, they put a bunch of money in front of him. I mean, not that the, not that the twins aren't going to put a bunch of money in front of him. Too. Not that type of money. No, that's uh, that's pretty aggressive money. Dave, what kind of questions are you going to throw our way when we come back here? I have a quarterback uh, quarterback question for you boys about a guy or two that aren't in the league, and we'll pour one out for the Duke career of Grayson Allen. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, let's first talk about. My friend Chris Lindahl and the Chris Lindahl team, which is the number one REMAX results team in America. A little over a year ago, Chris and his company helped helped me make tens of thousands of dollars more on the sale of my condo than I could have ever imagined. And uh, right now, if you go to chrislindahl.com, that's Chris with a K, you can sign up for the seven-day or walk-away guarantee. So here's how this works. Seven day or walk away for free. If the Chris Lindahl team can't sell your house in seven days, you can cancel and pay nothing. More information at chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. And as a special bonus, the first five callers who listen here to the Mackey and Judge Show or 1500 ESPN will get a free copy of Chris's number one best selling book, Sold. They're America's number one Remax results team for a reason. These guys understand marketing. 
763-401-SOLD or chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They seem to have really unusual names. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Dave Harrigan's got some questions for us. Sure do. Fire away. Did you guys see Johnny Manziel on Twitter over the weekend? Specifically is a string of tweets about Colin Kaepernick. I did. Oh, yeah. Long set of tweets saying he's uncomfortable with the with people comparing the two of them. Basically saying, yeah, I'm just a guy who's trying to rebuild my own life through my own mistakes. Meanwhile, Kaepernick blackballed by the NFL. Guy who's uh, out to uh, set things right and, you know, for a cause but was very noble. And he's a guy with a lot of talent that the NFL has just said, we don't need to deal with you because we're uncomfortable with you taking a stand on social issues. If you were an NFL executive and you were told you've got no quarterbacks on your team, these two guys are available, who do you want? (laughs) Who do you pick first? And what percentage of NFL executives would agree with you? Kaepernick and I think 100%. Because I think Kaepernick has proven that he can play. Manziel hasn't. So Manziel would just be, not only would he be a project that you'd have to mold and develop into a playable quarterback, but there's always the lingering distraction factor, whether he's clean or not, he's always going to be Johnny football and he's going to be, he's going to be visible. He's going to be sitting courtside at games. Like he was sitting, wasn't he at one of the NCAA tournament games or something or an NBA game this weekend? I mean, he's out and about still, not that he's rolling up hundred dollar bills in the bathroom still. I don't know what he's doing behind the scenes, but Colin Kaepernick has been to a Super Bowl. He's been to the NFC Championship game twice. He has he has put together like 400 yards of total offense on the road in an NFC Championship game against the Packers. So, yeah, I just think I think he's a better quarterback and as far as the only thing if you're an NFL owner that you'd be worried about is that instantly he would alienate like 50 to 60% of your fan base depending on, you know, where the collective football fan base is, you know, where they fall politically. Um, but even like for, for Colin Kaepernick, it's not even as much about politics as it is about humanity. I, th- I think at some point someone's going to get desperate enough to strip away the fear of him alienating fans and give him a shot. Johnny Manziel might never play in the NFL outside of a training camp ever again. So a better quarterback, if both are a distraction in some way that kind of cancels out, I think it's Colin Kaepernick. If it's up to me, Kaepernick, w- without a doubt, uh, if it's up to NFL GMs, and they're able to make the decision for themselves and their team, it's Kaepernick. Owners, I don't know. I mean, this guy's been – the Kaepernick thing now, if you if you honestly think that this is just, you know, 32 independent teams being like, ah, we, we just don't think so. And you look at the contracts being given out to quarterbacks, n- not Manziel. I'm talking about guys actually getting contracts to be backups. It's ridiculous. Um, so – Owners, I honestly, in my heart of hearts, I think that they would rather take a chance on Manziel because, you know, that's a feel-good story coming back from being down and from being addicted to booze and pills. I think they would go Manziel. I think anybody that cares about football and their team and not business goes Kaepernick. Sub-question. Strictly football-wise, how much better off would the Vikings be at the backup quarterback position with Kaepernick versus Trevor Simeon? 
Mm, I think better. I, I don't know. Simeon's not a train wreck. You know, Sean, Sean Hill was pretty bad. Well, yeah, but it's pretty bad. Sean Hill was what nearing forty, and you said to yourself, he just can't play. Uh, Simeon's not. I don't think he is. I don't think he's completely <laughs> he's unplayable. Can't play. I don't think he's unplayable. But that being said, yes, yeah. If the Vikings could independently, if Rick Spielman could say, "What's best for our team?" Damn the perception. Damn the business. All of that. You signed Kaepernick. Like Kaepernick played for some, some bad 49ers teams the last couple of years where they had Jim Tom Sula as a head coach and um, it was kind of the, the end of the Jim Harbaugh era there too. Jim Tom Sula. And they had lo- they had lost out on a lot of their good players. And even then, his last year, he started 11 games. Now they went 1-10 in those games, but their defense was shot. They didn't have any real significant skill position players. He's never been an accuracy guy. He's always been around 60%. So that's he's not one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL, Kaepernick. He's not, even when he was going to NFC Championship games. But he can run. Uh, he has a 2.5 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. Career passer rating of just under 90. And uh, QBRs in his prime of over 73 times. Like, he's much, He you know he's playable. You know Colin Kaepernick is playable as a starting quarterback. He might not be top half of the league, but let's say he's 20th. And that's instantly better than Trevor Simeon. So to answer the and sub-question, Kaepernick guys, yes. gives you a huge upgrade over Trevor Simeon if he can get back to where he was before the black ball, for sure. Let's stick to the Vikings. Sharif Floyd posting on Instagram a couple days ago. Some rather harsh words towards Mike Zimmer, calling words that he used in the past slanderous. He's slandering my name, tarnish me as a person. Taking the quotes from a couple Star Tribune stories, we feel good about the guys we have. He's played, what, 12 plays this year? He hasn't played. Also, Zimmer referring to Floyd as kind of out of sight and out of mind and saying, I'm kind of used to it. When it talks about Sharif's status for a Green Green Bay game being out. Uh, it's not a true pie chart, but just give me a percentage. Percentage of the blame Mike Zimmer deserves for destroying the relationship between the two of them. Uh, you know what? I, I thought it was way more, but somebody cleared it up. I think it was the Star Tribune piece that came out about the grievance that Floyd filed a few weeks back. It turns out, and I'm not excusing his his comments because they probably weren't the brightest thing to do, but it turns out that Zimmer made those comments about Floyd two days before the surgery where yes. things went wrong. And so so if, if he if he had known full well that the surgery had gone wrong and then come out and ripped him, then I, I think it's 80% on Zim. But his frustration was because this guy continually missed games. And at, the, at that point in time, they were basically saying, are, are you going to come back after surgery? They had no idea that things would go wrong. It wasn't the smartest thing to say, but I'd, I'd knock it down to 30% or so. Because he was basically talking from the standpoint of you're a first round pick and you have trouble staying on the field. He had no idea that something was going to go wrong and it hadn't yet. So I wouldn't absolve Zim, but I, I would knock it down by quite a bit because what transpired, nobody saw coming. And and they couldn't know. I think there's three variables here for actually make it no three variables for the pie chart. Who did the knee surgery? Dr. James Andrews, the I, one that screwed it up? I told you that's correct, yeah. Uh, so 50% goes to Dr. James Andrews for screwing up the knee surgery, which which caused the friction here uh, on the Sharif Floyd side. 
40% then goes to Mike Zimmer for just being unapologetic and not really having tact in these situations. Mike Zimmer is not the most empathetic guy. He's not going to sit there and say, you know what, I feel I feel really bad on a human level for Sharif Floyd. He can't come back from the knee injury, and I know he's a fighter. Mike Zimmer just thinks, you're not available, you're worthless to me, yeah, so yeah. I don't want to talk about you. Yep. And then I think 10% on Sharif Floyd for just being a little thin-skinned. A little thin-skinned. Like Mike Zimmer, I think Mike Zimmer communicates this way to players, to fellow coaches, to the media. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of a surly Sort of abrasive, but also a little bit charming in his abrasiveness, and he doesn't have a lot of tact. He wants you to play if he feels you should. Right, and And he showed you the year before when Robert Blanton, remember the Viking safety Robert Blanton, the Notre Dame kid? You can't make the club in a tub. Mike Zimmer hates players who aren't available, even if it's not your fault. It's just, and that's where he... You got to be a little more empathetic here, okay? Like, it, it, unless, at least publicly, it's almost like he thought Sharif Floyd was like like uh, Kawhi Leonard with the Spurs right now. All right, well, your hamstring isn't torn. You've been cleared by some doctors, and you just don't want to play. Now I can see where coaches and teammates would get mad at Kawhi Leonard, but Sharif Floyd physically couldn't play, so have a little bit more tact in these situations. So, but Dr. James Andrews, no shaky hand, getting a little old. I don't know. Gosh, I just confirmed it was Dr. James Andrews, according to the yeah, story. Did he lose it, lost his fastball? Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> unfortunate. I don't know. Unfortunate. Look, Grayson Allen in, is a just one in a long line of stand-up Duke basketball players, right? Oh. They post all the action at BuffaloWildWings.com <laughs> slash tournament tracker, and all the fans can enjoy March Madness to the fullest. Yeah, so, no entitlement ever with those Duke players. After the career at Duke has come to an end yesterday with the overtime loss to Kansas, two-part question, what do you hope the future of Grayson Allen will be, and what will the future of Grayson Allen be? Wow. I hope he's playing in Lebanon in 18 months, and I think he will be playing in Lebanon in 18 months. Like, he's he's not a sniper shooter. He's not a great defensive player. He's just Tripping like... Tripping his form of defense. And you know what? Trip away overseas. Trip away overseas. Just to tweak that, that question here... Is he? No, stick stick. Questions with me. offended right now. Is there a less likable college basketball player in the last ten years than Grayson Allen? <laughs> I'm glad you said last ten years. All right, you play it again. Bye bye. Like at least Bye-bye. Christian Laettner was a was a pretty damn good NBA player for ten and years. Just bounced around right? bad teams, right? Not that we know of. That no. I recall. No, he just called him out to your to your face. Oh, you yeah. suck. You suck. You suck. Like, I don't think he's quick enough. Loser, I don't. Loser. I don't think he's an loser NBA winner, player. Yeah. He'll get drafted in the first round, but I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think he's an NBA player. The, the question again. What I, will I the did. future of Grayson Allen okay. be, and what do you hope is in the future for Grayson Allen? Uh, the future uh, for him will be to play in Turkey. He's going to Turkey. Uh, I hope it's the G League, and I hope he gets promoted for like two games to the Jazz, and someone just kicks the bleep <laughs> out of the kid. Someone just th- just annihilates him. Like, NBA player, too. So I'm talking about a real big guy that just is like, you know what? My season's done. I don't care. That would be my goal. Like, think about it. If you're getting that flustered by Wake Forest or whoever you're playing in the ACC, what's going to happen when Draymond Green gets a hold of you? 
or you'll get kicked in the nuts. Exactly. Yeah, or or Zsa Pachulia, yeah, apart, another guy, too. Then you're going to be torn apart. Yeah. But that's what I'm looking forward to. It's going to be amazing. Like, what's, what's going to happen when Jimmy Butler gets on? Can you imagine Jimmy Butler and him on a court at the same time? Yes, I Grayson can. Grayson Allen's got yes, the ball, actually, and Jimmy Butler is trying to... Yes, it'd be great fun. ...ride him into the scores table. Mm-hmm. When you say you hope he gets destroyed, Judd, do you mean in a basketball sense, or like someone just turns and cold cocks him? Yeah. Cole Cox him. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. No. 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 I'm. I'm saying. I'm saying he's gonna pull the same crap. Right. In. in, in he gets promoted to the Jazz for a game, and he trips a guy in the first half or something, and the second half somebody just turns around and Cole Cox him. Just uh, annihilates. You know who has him. a bit of this too? This Mo Wagner for Michigan, who flops every time he's on defense, and he's over emotional. Oh, okay. Mo Wagner. Little, little bigger than I Grayson hope he Allen. gets his too. Kind of the same thing. It's like, dude, pump the brakes on the over dramatization mm-hmm. every single time. Oh, I'm with the end Grayson though. Just someone needs to just clothesline him out of the end. He's got the, like the Tyler Hansbro factor where you just watch him and you're like, oh my I god, I hate his face. Yes. <laughs> the Mackie and Judd show rolls on. Here we go. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Blu-ray, watch Matt Damon get small to live large in downsizing the hilarious film critics are calling tremendously entertaining and an ingenious comedy. Own downsizing on Blu-ray today. It's rated R from Paramount Pictures. Head to the 1500 ESPN stream player right now for a chance to win your very own copy. Well, you learn from every game. You know, the loss is disappointing, you know, so, you know, we have to regroup and they keep coming, you know, so we have to be ready on Monday and, uh, you know, you've got to be ready for every game. In the NBA, there's an excuse every night if you choose to to use that or to look for that, but it's, you know, you want to build mental toughness that you can overcome whatever's in front of you, and that's what we have to do. It's if we want to do all the things that we say we want to do, we have to be mentally tough. It's it's. I feel like you could play that quote after every Wolves loss. Like, oh, he, you could. He talks about and we have sometimes. to be this. You have to be that, meaning that we aren't this and we aren't that defense. This and. Uh, you know, they're still going to make the playoffs. They got smoked by the Sixers the other night. They did make it a game. They were down by like 30 or something in the fourth, and they kind of made it a game. And He used his bench. Yeah. He had to. Well, those guys. So, well, here's, here's a Jeff Teague quote that just came out. Johnny Krasinski from The Athletic. Teague on the bench. Quote, guys get tired, meaning starters. I think they need opportunities, the bench guys. Hopefully Tibbs sees that they can really help. And uh, as John Krasinski has been tallying, Taj Gibson and Jeff Teague are both actively campaigning for more minutes from the bench if you're scoring at home. So they they did they did they did <laughs> finally play like Tyus Taj, Jones played 25 minutes the other night. Poor but, Taj is probably near death at that age. Yeah, it's an aggressive amount of minutes. It is um, minutes per game in the NBA. LeBron James is number one, which is astounding at that age. Mm-hmm. And you gotta wonder at some point is he gonna hit a wall? Like what? He's 33 years old, but He's number one minutes per game. Jimmy Butler was right there, the same 37.1 minutes per game. So Jimmy Butler, LeBron James now. he's Jimmy Butler's missed about 17 games now. Um, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and then I think there's a couple here. Uh, the Wolves have three. There's Taj Gibson, 36, the 33. So, so between Gibson... So they have four guys in the top 36 of yeah. minutes per game in the NBA. Yeah. 
And then uh, Jeff Teague is down there at 44th. So the entire Wolves starting lineup is among the top 44 players in the NBA minutes per game. Taj is 32. Taj has given you a great year, right? But wouldn't you think to yourself, you know what I'd really like to do? If we're going to be a playoff team, which they should be now, I'd like to have Taj prepared for the playoffs. Poor Taj, at some point in April, is but you basically— get, But you got to get there first. Now they're in a spot where they got to get, get there. I get that, but but my point is that's the exact type of player who I, I would look at at the start of a year and sit down with my staff and say, how can we be really smart about this guy? Yeah, and, you know, for like if you're—here's my beef, I guess, with Tom Thibodeau, the general manager, Tom Thibodeau, or the president of basketball operations. You, you go into the year, and you no longer have the excuse of, well, this front office gave me a bunch of crappy bench players— and uh, so I, I'm going to play my starters until they get me better players. Well, you've had two years to choose the players that come off your bench. Ideally, that you can lean on for 15, 20 minutes at a time on a regular basis, right? So now ignore the the 76ers game where Marcus George's Hunt played 15 minutes and Aaron Brooks played 12 minutes. Like that, Aaron Brooks has played 15 he minutes all year, basically. Plays. Yep. Uh, Gorgie Jang finally played 20. Cole Aldridge played 12 in that game. He played like the entire fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, you like whatever their skill sets are, you got to find guys who can just play 18 to 20 minutes reliably and lean on them to do that. Right. Like Taj Gibson's probably more effective in 25 minutes than 34 minutes. Cause he can go all out for those 25 minutes. It would be like in That's baseball, absolutely correct. we got yes. a great bullpen. And so we're going to make, you're going to throw 90 innings out of the bullpen instead of 60. Well, and then people start to break down. Yes. Yeah. Like that's exactly it. Glenn Perkins, before but, he retired, is going to be more effective in 60 innings than 100 innings, the, the, obviously. The frustrating thing ab- about the Rose signing is this whole thing of, okay, Tibbs, this is your team. You're the GM. And we are now into March, and you're saying to yourself, there's a guy I really like still. And the rest of the world saying, why? I mean, he was great for you in Chicago, MVP at one time, but he's broken down now. And yet, and yet, you don't trust the guys on your bench at all. Why was Brooks signed? Aaron Brooks. Why was he signed? He never plays. He played, as you said, on against the Sixers, but for the most part, he never plays. Why'd you even bother? Yeah. Well, Ty, well, I, well, I can see that one. Like he's a third point guard. Tyus, like to your point, Tyus Jones would be, and Jeff Teague is begging for more rest time. So if you played if you played Tyus an extra five minutes even, and and scale back and Tyus Jones has been one of the more valuable players. He's not he's not going to score a ton, but he, in, in terms of getting generating movement, playing some defense, and and just facilitating for other players, yep. it's a little bit of that Ricky Rubio factor where he's going to do stuff secondary assists and he's going to get the ball moving and he's going to empower other players. And and I think if Tyus Jones were to be your starting point guard. You probably need him to score more and be a more consistent shooter, but you could win games. Like he's a he's a very good point guard. You could win games in the NBA with Tyus Jones as your starter, and he, but he's kind of treated as this. Maybe we'll get twelve minutes out of him. Maybe we'll yes. see. Yes, because Jeff Teague, Jeff, you could have in theory if Jeff Teague is getting tired, Jeff Teague should play like 28, 30 minutes, and then Tyus Jones could play probably eighteen minutes. As the backup, and then maybe they even overlap for a couple minutes. So you could still get easily 20 minutes a game out of Tyus Jones on a regular basis. (laughs) Three guards. The two things I don't get are are the roster construction there, and then I also don't understand how you have a team that can't shoot threes. It makes no sense to me. You're in a conference with the Rockets and Golden State. 
They are going to. There is no way that you can beat them on any consistent basis when you can't shoot threes, right? Yes. There's zero chance. So, okay, when I sit down, it's 2018. When I sit down now, I would say to my staff, "What do we need to do?" And I think they would say, "Shoot threes effectively." And I would look at my roster and say, "How can we start to get there?" Yes. I I don't see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cat might Cat is is one of your top three point shooters right now. Mm-hmm. And so that I, he might actually be your best. Yeah, I think statistically he is your best. Okay, three-pointer. that confuses me greatly. Yeah, they're going to have to uh, work on that. Like you're not, you're never going to beat the Rockets or Golden State. You're you're not going to sniff a playoff win against those mm-hmm. teams until because they are going to come down there in a seven game series and start to hit threes, and you can't answer. Fortunately, you can beat Memphis just shooting with your wrong hand the entire night. If the three of us showed up tonight, we might be able to beat Memphis. Memphis doesn't have really a whole lot of interest in winning games. So you, you got Memphis tonight, and then in a couple nights you get Atlanta at home, Friday night on the road against a tanking Dallas team. Where it gets a little tougher here is Utah at home on Sunday, and that's going to have major playoff ramifications. Seeding at worst, maybe even just to get in, and then Denver on the road, they are scrapping to get that eight seed. So if you can win these, so you're sitting at 42, you got eight games left. If you can win the next three to get to 45 with five games to go, and then you get Lakers and Memphis in those last five, that's 47 wins. Should get in then. But you got to win one of those games against Denver or they because they could leapfrog you. Mm-hmm. Maybe even just take one of those. I think you get in as the eight seed. Ideally, you get in as the five seed, so you wouldn't have to worry about playing Houston in the first round, but we shall see. Beggars can't be choosers. Uh, the Twins put out their what looked to be an A lineup yesterday for their final Grapefruit League action. If that was the A lineup, let's dissect it when we come back. Also, uh, we're going to talk to Jeff Hints about the announcement. The Ryder Cup put out the announcement. They're coming back in 10 years from now for some more uh, Rory heckling and beer guzzling and all kinds of stuff. So we'll get an update on that. As well, Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.